Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm Katie Chesney, and you're listening to I Want to Be A, a show where we walk our starry-eyed job seekers through the reality of how to get their dream job or career. Now, books have the power to pull their readers into a whole new dimension, full of rich landscapes, characters, and storylines. However, becoming a published author is notoriously difficult, and it's a task that not many can say they have accomplished. Today, Carol Bowerman, author of the Bone Quill series and Exodus Code, which is the first Torchwood novel, and she's also a professor of English at Alverno College, is joining us to discuss how to be a successful author. Now, Carol, why don't you tell us a little bit about your career as an author? Well, first of all, hi, Katie. It's nice to talk to you. I think my career as a published author is sort of a shared career Mm -hmm. because what I've managed to do is I am not at a point, and a lot of writers don't get to this point for a very long time, where you can make your entire living just from your writing. So I have balanced my writing career with my teaching career so that I have enough time to be able to do both. Right. so what's nice for me is um, I have time in my teaching career and because of the way it's structured that I have time to write and to do the kinds of things that keep my publishing career active. But, you know, it's very rare that you have um, writers, you know, obviously Stephen King and, and, you know, Toni Morrison and some of these great big famous writers are making enough money that they don't have to have second careers. But most of us who are writing have something else that helps us pay the bills. Right, right. Now, how many books do you have published right now? Um, right now, um, I'm at, I actually I'm, have five or six books that are published. Mm-hmm. And I am working on uh, the third book of our Hollow Earth series, uh, children's middle grade fantasy series. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working on right now. But I have lots of other things published, hundreds of articles and essays, reviews, done a couple of scripts and comic book. So a variety of different things. I just love to write. And so for me, it's a matter of finding the kinds of things that um, people want to read and Mm -hmm. and try to write them and, and, and go from there. Now, you said that you love to write. Now, what made you want to be an author? Just that love of writing? And did you start when you were really young or later in your life? I have always been a writer. So not always been an author in the sense that, you know, having had something published until obviously I was an adult. But I've been writing my whole life. I used to write stories for my family and make them read them at the dinner table. <laughs> and um, Or I'd write these little plays and I'd make my brothers act them out. And so I was always writing. I think the very first thing I thought I was writing seriously, you know, because then I was going to send it to someone who was going to read it, was I reworked the lyrics for a David Bowie song. And I thought... You know, because, of course, David Boyd didn't do it right, so I was going <laughs> to rewrite this. So right. I re- Right. And so I rewrote a, um, and submitted it to a contest, I remember. I think it was probably I was a freshman in high school. Of course, it was awful. I was completely, you know, following the lyrics and telling the story of, his, of, his, of this song. But it gave me sort of a little taste of what it would be like to have other people read your stories other than your family, who, of course, were going to read them no matter what. Right. So I, I've always wanted to, to write. I didn't 
necessarily think about um, how I would make a living at that until I probably got into college. Okay. And at that point, I started to seriously think about, okay, if I really want to keep this writing up and, and do something serious with it, what else might I want to do at the same time? So that's when I decided I'd be a journalist and I would go to journalism school and I'd learn the craft of writing and and figure out how um, I could start to make some money at it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's many different genres in writing. Were you drawn to a particular genre at any point when you were starting to write things that you wanted to share with other people to read? Well, when I started out, I started out writing sort of supernatural mysteries. Um, so I like I really liked that genre. It was a genre I read a lot of when I was a kid. I loved adventure stories. Um, I read all sorts of fantasy, and I was a big science fiction fan as a kid so um, and a young adult, so I, I tended to write the kinds of things that I like to read, and I mm-hmm. guess in a way I've sort of stayed with that. You know, I spend a, a lot of my time reading and reviewing and writing about mysteries, the mystery genre, and our children's fantasy series is obviously has a lot to do with superpowers, and the two the main characters in our books have the power to draw their art and bring it to life Mm -hmm. and move in and out of painting. So it's very much in that supernatural genre. So I guess I've sort of stayed in that particular area, but I've written autobiographies. I've written all sorts of other things, but the genre I started in tended to be the one that I, I liked to read a lot in because I felt like I knew what the formulas were and what I needed Um, to craft a good story in that genre. Okay. And do you find that typical with um, the other authors that you've met that they tend to stick with what they like to read because that's what they know best? Sometimes that is the case. It's not the case of all of them. But I I also know a lot of writers who write in the mystery genre, and while they're writing, they don't read any mysteries at all because Hmm. they don't want to have those other ideas and, and those other things in their head. And then so I think it it depends on the writer, but I don't. I'm not sure I can generalize from and say that that's absolutely the case. But the few that I'm thinking of right now in my head that they they probably stayed in the genre um, and were successful in a genre that they like to read. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now let's back it up a little bit. You mentioned that you went to college to be a journalist. Do you do you feel that? because you have that degree, that background in writing that really helped you assist further, um, helped you further your writing skills and helped you get published later on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I would go as far as to say that everything I learned in journalism school, I'm still using on a daily basis as a writer. Awesome. I'll give you some examples of that. When I, when you, in journalism school, you learn how to write concisely and explicitly and specifically and to write for an audience. That's been uh, something that I'm, I'm still able to do really, really well. You can give me any piece of writing that's 2,000 words. I can get it down to 500 and still get your point across. Wow. Um, so, And then the second thing that I think that journalism really, school really taught me well was how to take feedback. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you're not going to, you cannot work in any kind of media, either even now with all the, the changes that are occurring in journalism, you cannot and you're not going to be successful in any writing job if you can't take feedback. You need to have thick skin. This isn't about you. It's about the words. And words are not sacred, despite, you know, what some people, you know, obviously some people might think they are, but they're not. You can change them instantly. And so you have to be willing to take feedback and um, let that trust that that feedback is coming from a good place and use it to help make your writing better. 
the very first editors I ever had, they didn't have time to mess around with worrying about whether you were going to feel um, insulted or hurt when they gave you feedback because it wasn't about you. It's about the writing. Mm-hmm. So that would be the second thing. I, I know how to take feedback. I can take feedback. And, and now I'm at a point where I know whether it's legitimate and what I should do to change things and, and so on. And then the third thing that I learned in journalism school was um, how to meet a deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think once in my entire career as a writer, and I've been writing for a long time, and, and people have been paying me for my writing for a long time, I've missed one deadline, and it was because of, um, of illness, and I let the write, the, my editor know it wasn't going to come until the end of the weekend, and they were fine. But I can, So I think those three things are, have been critical for learning the craft be able to take feedback, write concisely and clearly, and meet your deadlines. Okay, that's some really good advice. Now, obviously, before one can be published, you have to write a book. Now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's key here. So what is your writing process? How does it all, how, did the, how, did it, how does it start for you? Well, I had been published in terms of articles and reviews, and I have a column that runs every month in a, um, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So I had a lot of published experience, and that helps because mm-hmm. um, if you're going to write a book and you seriously want to try to have that be published, there's two paths you can go. The first path is that you can actually get an agent and have that agent then become your salesperson in a, in a sense. So mm-hmm. that agent takes your material and, and goes out and, and, and does all the networking and the schmoozing and tries to get your, gets your work published for you. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough that, that I was able to get an agent fairly quickly because of my other writing experience. So my movement from writing sort of freelance uh, journalism and essays and articles into writing books came out of having some experience and then pitching some good ideas to an agent who then Mm -hmm. took those to a publisher. And so that's one way to go. The other way, and a lot of writers now, you know, when I first published, there wasn't so many places where you could publish your own work on your own. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of self-publishing and and Amazon's ability to publish and and all of those kinds of things. So I think the other way you can go is to um, publish for yourself and find either a small independent publisher and send your work directly to them or publish by um, looking at, you know, some of those companies that are out there where you pay a fee and they publish your work for you. Mm-hmm. My, my advice to writers who want to go that, that latter way, which is to figure out a way to publish on your own, obviously, if you do that, you know, whatever money you make, all of it comes to you. Whereas, right, whatever money I make on my writing, I'm giving a cut to my agent mm-hmm. who, helped me, who helped me publish. And that's, that's, that's how you pay that person to sell your work. I don't have time to sell my own work at this point because right. I want to just write it. But if, if I were starting out now, there are way more options that a writer can go to get his or her work published in the ways that, that particularly I went. But what I would say is, if you go the self-publishing route, pay the money to get a really good editor to work with you on your piece. There is a lot of crap out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who think that because they can write a book, they should write a book. And I think everyone has a story to tell. And some people, some of us need a little extra help perhaps to help craft that story and make it the best story possible. And there's a lot of editors out there that are brilliant at doing that. And mm-hmm. I think 
I see too much stuff that's out there that has potential, but then no one wants to spend any time with it because there's so many flaws and problems with it that if that writer had just spent the extra money ahead of time and got and paid a freelance editor to go through it and help them make it the best book it can be, that they'd be much more successful in that second route to publishing. Well, that's some really good advice for self-publishing because a lot of people are doing that today. But, you know, the, the publishing world is notoriously difficult. Did you run into any problems when you were when you had your agent and you were still trying to find a publisher to publish your work? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I still have a couple of books that I've let sit um, and I'll come back to someday because, they, you know, they've, they've racked up so many um, rejections that I'm going to have to go in and make some serious changes if I mm-hmm. want to pitch them to publishers again. Oh, yeah, and that's where that advice about feedback comes back. You, uh, you have to, you're gonna, if you're going to be a serious writer and a writer who wants to try to make any kind of a living from your writing, you're going to get rejected. It comes with the territory. It can be anywhere from getting hundreds of rejections to 10, I mean, to 50. I mean, to, you know, I, I don't know any writers who are successful right now who haven't had a serious number of rejections in some cases, on work that's gone on to be quite popular. Mm-hmm. It's part of the process. You have to figure out a way that you can get someone to read your stuff and take it seriously, and that's why an editor is really important. If you send something out and it's not where it needs to be, you're not going to get a second chance. Right. So you want to make sure that whatever, especially now, you want to make sure that whatever you're sending out is the best in its best shape possible because you might not get that second chance. Now, obviously, everyone has a different writing process where they sit down and they write. What is your process? What does it look like for you? Um, it it varies depending on what it is I'm working on. Like right now, I'm working on the third book in our Hollow Earth series, mm-hmm. and so what I tend to do is. I'm following a fairly tight outline that um, my brother John and I created, and I'm working fairly tightly from that because um, I have a deadline that's coming up very quickly, and I can't really afford the time to veer off of that too far. Obviously, some things might change while I'm writing. Characters decide to do something that I didn't plan, and so I have to work that into that. But I write every day. I try to get at least a couple of hours in before I go off to do anything else in in the morning. And if I can't do that, then um, after dinner, I do my couple of hours with that. And then at least three times during the week, I have full eight-hour days that I just dedicate to my writing. Nothing else. No interruptions. Um, I just, because I feel like you need some time to be able to let your imagination kind of get in a zone where you can be writing and you're really living the book rather than just, you know, typing in your words. Mm -hmm. So, so when I'm working on a deadline for a novel, that's usually how I process my articles and reviews and my column um, I usually um, will write a rough draft of those in one sitting, like okay. you know, a couple of hours, just crank that out, and then I'll let it sit for a while, come back to it, go through, make some revisions. I think like a lot of writers, I spend more of my time revising than, than anything else that I do. Mm-hmm. A lot of time revising. It's, it's not about correcting, it's about reworking and shifting things around, especially once you get a sense of where the whole thing is going. 
So what do you, what happens when you have writer's block? What what are some techniques or strategies that you use to combat that and really get those creative juices flowing? It's funny because I don't think there's necessarily something such a thing as writer's block per se. Okay. I think I think you can get you can get stuck or you can have sort of the ideas um, maybe are not going the way it's flowing as freely as you like. But I think by naming it writer's block, it can make it seem like it's something horrible and, and, oh, I'm stuck, I can't move. So what I try to do is think about if I feel I'm a little bit stuck, then I will figure out ways to come around to what I was working on. I have all sorts of things that I call priming my priming the pump. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, priming my creativity. So sometimes if I feel like I'm not being as productive as I need to be, I will go work on something else. I'll go watch a movie. I'll pick up a book. I'll read it. I'll look. I'll go get some exercise. Um, I'll go for a swim. I'll do something else where. I'm sort of disconnected from what I'm doing and without fail, if I go to a movie, for example, when I'm done and come out, I'll, I, I'll feel like, oh my gosh, I've worked out my problem and I can go back and I'm writing without, without an issue. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Now, in your personal experiences, what, kind, what makes a successful author? Are there any characteristics or personality types that really work well for being an author? I think you have to be okay. Well, first of all, you have to love words. Mm-hmm. And, you have to, and I, I think... I don't know any writer who's successful who also isn't uh, a reader and reads a lot. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be fiction. It can be nonfiction, history, biographies, um, whatever. But there are very, I can't think of any of my friends or any writers that I know who are not also readers and are surrounded by books and words and love language. And, and so that's very important. I think you have to have a lot of perseverance and a lot of discipline because um, sometimes the only person telling you what you need to do is you yourself. So you need to be sort of an independent, critical, creative thinker, but you need to be disciplined and be willing to move yourself to that next step, even if it seems like there's no one else caring whether you take that next step or not. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious, for those who are working full-time, but they're also interested in writing a book, do you have any specific tips for them for making that balance work? You really do have to make the time to write. You don't have to have any special equipment. You don't have, All you need is some paper and a pen if that's all you have, and make the time. I keep a journal every day. I have journals all over my house, and in every purse I own, I have a different journal. I, when I, I listen to people's conversations. I write things down. So you don't actually have to be creating, you know, this huge manuscript right off. Take it a little bit at a time, you know, write down, create characters, give them biographies. If you're writing fiction, um, that's a good way to start. But I, I think you have to actually write. It's, you can keep saying, oh, I'm going to write, I'm going to write, but nothing's going to happen until you actually put the words onto paper. Exactly. Now, once you successfully get a book published, um, I've heard a lot of authors going on book tours to promote their books. Is this typical for getting when you get your book published with a publishing company? Very few publishing companies support or pay for your tour. Okay. Your book tour, usually you're funding that pretty much on your own. Mm -hmm. So if you decide that you're going to do whatever you do, my experience right now has been that whatever marketing you're going to get for your book, you need to do most of it on your own. You get very little support or help from a publisher. Publishers just do not have the budgets anymore 
to support um, writers who, quite frankly, are not making them millions. You know, they'll give Stephen King, I'm sure he gets paid, a budget paid for most of his tours, but the rest of us are on a fairly tight budget, and sometimes it's enough to pay for a couple of of um, stops on a tour, and sometimes it barely covers the hotel bill for one. So you have to, if you really want to get your book noticed and get it out there, uh, my suggestion now is you should be everywhere on social media. Mm-hmm. You should be on Goodreads. You should be making sure that that you're in charge of your own destiny with these books now because there's just, you're not going to get the support that maybe 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, a publisher would have given you. And I think a lot for a lot of readers, that's a, they're not aware of that. Um, I've, I have a very good friend who's a very successful mystery writer, and he gets $2,000 to c- cover whatever kind of tour he wants to do for his book, and that's not going to get you very far. Right. Exactly. So he he has to put aside from his own money that he makes on the book, he has to put aside his own publication and publicity. He pays for his own. Um, as most uh, most of us do, you pay for your own publicists. You, you get a publicist from your publishing house if it's a big publishing house, but in most cases, that's not the that's not what happens anymore. Okay, well, that's really good to know. Now, I have to ask this because most of our listeners are high school and college students, and they're looking to shape their future. Could you give us a ballpark as to what the compensation for being a successful published author is like? Well, it depends how you're defining success. I mean, I would say that you probably are going to have to write three or four books before you're going to make any decent money. And when I say any decent money, like 10 grand. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, um, if, uh, you know, the exception is people like the Stephen Kings of the world, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, the few, and the few people that you hear every now and then are getting $2 million for, you know, their first book. Those are like 1% of, a, of the rest of, and there's, for every one person like that, there's a thousand of us who are slogging away every day and making um, occasional few hundred dollars from, from books that you're writing. Now, so if it, unless you, that's why I started this conversation with the idea that find an, another, uh, find a, a way that you can work the writing life into your other life by doing things that are writing related. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's lots of jobs in the world of writing that keep you creative and interesting and exciting. And a lot of my students end up in publishing in various ways and and still being able to write and do their own kinds of poetry, whether it's poetry or short story writing or whatever. But if you're looking to, you know, let me give you an example, a very specific example. The uh, first contract for a novel, let's say a fiction, a mystery or whatever, is um, $10,000 if you're lucky. And that, if you get an advance of $10,000, you do not get any money for your any after that until you pay the publisher back that $10,000. Okay, that's interesting. Makes sense. So when, it's, when, when a writer says they get an advance of, let's say, $10,000, then that advance is so that you can write the book. When the book gets published and um, the publisher takes all of his or her expenses off the top, and you won't make any money. There are no royalties that come for that book until you've paid off that advance. So the writer who's making two million dollars on an advance needs to publish two million dollars. It needs to sell two million dollars worth of books 
before he or she makes any more money. Now, mm-hmm. the nice thing is you've already made $2 million, right? right? So mm-hmm. that's fabulous. But most writers are at that, you know, 10 to 20 grand for a book, Mark. Mm-hmm. And you pay that, but your, your publisher takes that money and, and you have to consider that as a loan, a front to write that book. And so you don't make any royalties until that's paid back. And, and an example of that is, you know, I've written with my brother, John, I've written, you know, five books. We are, we only in the last couple of years have started to make royalties from our first couple of books that were published close to, you know, eight, nine years ago. Okay, so it takes some time. Right. Even if you're selling close to 100,000 books, which we have, Mm -hmm. it takes time to make money off, especially novels, you know, unless something fabulous happens and there's always a chance that that will. And then you should revel in it and enjoy it because it's, it's not typical of most of how you how most writers make their living. Mm-hmm. You really need to have passion for this because sometimes passion and love for it is your only payment. Well, we are running out of time today and I wanted to thank you, Carol, for joining us and sharing your expert advice. We do appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. I appreciate you calling and asking me. Well, thank you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, you can email me at aljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm Katie Chesney with Aljan Radio, and I'll see you next time.